Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. Regarding Parshas Pinchas, there is an old Yiddish saying, Pinchas in der Fremd is a yomtif. Literally translated, this means that Pinchas, when he is in der Fremd, when he is in a foreign land, when he, was, when he is out of place, it's a yomtif. It's a holiday. <laughs> what does that mean? So Parshas Pinchas includes a list of all of the yomim tovim, all of the holidays, and the korbonis that should be brought on each one. Now, when we read Parshas Pinchas in its normal place, like this week, Parshas Pinchas is usually read uh, around the beginning of the summer. So when Parshas Pinchas is read in its home, in its normal place, so it's not a yomtiv, it's just a parsha. It happens to mention the yomim taipan, but it's not a yomtiv. However, when Pinchas is in their friend, when Pinchas is read out of place, meaning when, the, when, a, when a part of Parshas Pinchas is read because it happens to be Pesach or Shavuos or Sukkot, and there it's uh, read as the, as the Mafter, it's read as the last little section of Kriya Satayra, so there, Pinchas and their friend is a Yomtev. Pinchas, when it's out of place, is a Yomtev. What, what's the point of this saying? So uh, my, my father-in-law and my mother-in-law, Aleya Mashalim, they used to say that uh, sometimes a, a child, a little child, could be naughty at home, but when you send them away to the grandparents, to, to the babysitter, to the when they feel a little bit out of place, all of a sudden they act like angels. So Pinchas and their friend is a yomtev. This is not really <laughs> relevant to, to the pshat in Parshas Pinchas, but it does introduce us to the point that Parshas Pinchas includes the Yomim Tevim, and the Korbanas that are to be brought on each Yomtev. Let us begin with the Psukim about Chag HaMatzai, about Pesach. I should mention Chag HaMatzai, Pesach is the second of the Mayadim that is mentioned in Parshas Pinchus. The first one is Rosh Chaydesh, the first of every month that has special Korbanas. And now the Pasuk says, on the 15th day of the month, of this month, meaning of the first month of the year, Chag. It's a, it's a, it's a celebration. For seven days, Matzais will be eaten. On the first day, it is a Mikra Kodesh. It is a holy calling. It is a full Yom Any Malacha, generally speaking, all forms of work that are forbidden on Shabbos, also you shall not do on Yom Tov, with the very important exception of Tzorach HaEchel Nefesh. Malachas that are necessary to produce food, such as cooking, are permitted on Yom Tov, and also we paskin that uh, carrying for any kind of need, any kind of need of the day, we may carry things from one domain to another on Yom Tov. But otherwise, uh, it's like shops. 
Now, and you will sacrifice a burnt offering, an oil, a completely burnt up offering to Hashem. The following korbanas. Bowls from the flock of cattle, shnayim, two bowls, and one ram. And seven sheep that are a year old, meaning they are in their first year of life. Tumimim yulachem, all of these kabbanas have to be tumimim, they have to be without blemish for you. Okay, so the Pasik tells us which kabbanas to bring on Pesach. Of course, this is in addition to the korban Pesach, which was really brought on the day preceding Pesach. But these are the kabbanas that were, were brought every day of Pesach. Now, Rashi here comments as follows. Horim, you were supposed to bring two bulls, Keneged Avraham. And in many editions of Rashi, it adds on, Shenemer, as it says, in Breshis, Vayikach Ben Bokor, that when the Malachim came uh, to visit Avraham, so he took Ben Bokor. According to the tradition, he took three, but he, certainly he took cattle from the flock. So therefore, as a, as a hint, as a remembrance of Avraham, so we bring Purim on Pesach. Elim, and you're to bring two rams, Rashi says, Keneged Yitzchok. And this corresponds to Yitzchok, as it says that uh, after Avraham was told not to slaughter his son Yitzchok, so HaKadosh Baruch Hu provided him with a ram, which he brought as a korban instead. And Kvosim, we have to bring on, on Pesach seven kvosim, seven lambs, keneged Yaakov, and this corresponds to Yaakov, as it says, vakvosim hefrid Yaakov. That Yaakov um, had this elaborate scheme where he managed to become rich from the flock of sheep that belonged to his father-in-law Loman. A complicated story, but Yaakov was able to perform miracles with the sheep, with the lambs. So therefore we bring lambs as korbanos on Pesach. And Rashi concludes, I saw this in the Yesaid, I saw this in the, literally in the foundation, in the, in the Midrash of Rabbi Moshe Hadashin. We've mentioned Rabbi Moshe Hadashin before. He was a, a commentator who lived sometime before Rashi, and Rashi frequently quotes his explanations. Now, there are two important questions that need to be raised about these three Rashi comments. Number one is that Rashi here is giving reasons for the mitzvahs. He's explaining why is it a mitzvah? Why does the Torah command us that on Pesach we should bring Purim? Well, that's a remez, that's a hint to Avraham. Why does the Torah command us to bring an aisle, to bring a ram on Pesach? Well, that's a, a hint to Yitzvah. Why does the Torah command us to bring lambs on Pesach? That's a hint to Yaakov. Rashi does not usually explain the reasons for mitzvahs, as I've said many times. So we have to understand why did Rashi suddenly become interested in the reasons? And secondly, second question, if we go back to Pesach Yud Aleph, which is about Rosh Chodesh, so it says, On your on your firsts of the month, you shall sacrifice an oila, a burnt offering to Hashem, two 
cattle from the flock, and one ram, and lambs that are in their first year, shiva, seven. In other words, the same identical korbanis that a few psukim later, the Torah says we need to bring on Pesach. So if Rashi was for some reason concerned about the reason for these mitzvahs, he should have explained it where it first appeared. Should have explained why on Rosh Chodesh do you have to bring uh, two porim and one ayol and seven kvasim. No, Rashi is quiet about that and he waits till the second time the Torah says it regarding Pesach and then he uh, becomes very verbose and very interested in the reasons for the mitzvahs and he gives us a whole explanation from, from Rabbi Moshe Adarshan. What's going on? So I think we can say about this an expression which uh, I don't know if it appears in the Gemara itself, but sometimes the commentators use this expression. They say, that one kasha is answered by the other. Meaning as follows. Why did Rashi become interested in these reasons of the mitzvah over here? And why wasn't he interested above in Pasuk Yud Aleph, which was talking about Rosh Chodesh? The answer is really one and the same. The first time by Rosh Chodesh that the Torah said, you are to bring these korbanas, two parim, one ayol, seven krasim. So Rashi Kedarkai was not concerned about the reason, whatever the reason is. I'm sure Rashi felt that um, the Rebbeinu Shalolam, the, the author of the Torah, knew what the, the content of Rosh Chodesh is, what is the meaning of Rosh Chodesh, the profound meaning and significance of Rosh Chodesh, why it's a celebration, what it's all about. And somehow, uh, the appropriate korban to bring on, on that day is two parim and one ayal and, and, and seven kosim. Okay, we don't understand it. It's not our job in our commentary on the Chumash, in Rashi's commentary on the Chumash. It's not our job to understand it. This is how it is. However, Rashi then went a few psukim forward. And he came to psukim that are about Pesach. And on Pesach, regarding Pesach, the Torah tells us to bring the same exact korbanas. Now Rashi had a problem. Wait a minute. You can't tell me that the profound content of Rosh Chodesh is exactly the same as the profound content of Pesach. Pesach, we know more or less what the profound content is. It's it's Zechali Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. It has to do with the exodus from Mitzrayim. That's certainly not what Rosh Chodesh is all about. That's certainly not the main thrust of Rosh Chodesh. It can't be that Rosh Chodesh and Pesach are really the same. So why do they have to, why do we bring, why are we commanded to bring the same Sukkim on Pesach as we already have commanded to, were commanded to bring on Rosh Chodesh? And therefore, Rashi answers as follows. He says, the reason for these korbanas, Horem, Elam, Kvasen, is a general reason. It's a general hint to the Avais. The Avais, the Avais, it's always a good thing to remember the Avais. The Avais are the start of everything. And therefore we bring Horem, Keneged Avram, Elam, Keneged Yitzchak, and Kvasen, Keneged Yaakov. That's equally relevant to Rosh Chodesh, to Pesach, and in fact, if you look a little bit later, if you go to Pesach Chavav and Chavzayin, 
you'll see that Uviyama Bikurim, which we call Shavuos, they brought the same Korbanas. It says, you will bring Purim and Evokar Shnayim, you'll bring two Bnei Bokar, two bulls, Ayal Echod, one ram, Shiva Kvasim, and seven Kvasim. And even on Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, it's almost the same. By those, it's two Purim. And then, uh, no, it's one par, and then two, uh, two, uh, yes, one par and one aisle and shiva kvasa. Sukkot is very different, but Rashi explains later why Sukkot is very different. But basically, by Rosh Chodesh and by all of the, all other Yom Tevim, with the one exception of Sukkot, basically we are bringing the same set of korbanos. And therefore, Rashi says that. How could this be? Doesn't each yomtif have its own meaning, its own content? But he says the, the, the purpose of these kabonis is to remember the avas, and the avas are relevant to all of them. That's on what I like to call the technical level. But going a little deeper into what I like to call the content level, we need to understand what is the special connection between the Ovais and all of the Yaman Taivim and all of the Mayadim, or nearly all of them? Why exactly did the Torah choose, according to Rashi, to command us to bring Korbanais, which are Marames, which hint to the Ovais? And I think this can be understood with a very fascinating comment that was made by the Meshech Achma, the Rabbi Meir Simchami Devinsk. Of course, he was Nifter in the 1930s, lived many centuries after Rashi. But I think if we take his idea, which we'll discuss in a moment, we can perhaps understand this Rashi. The Meir Simcha in Parshas Emor discusses as follows. Parshas Emor also contains a list of all of the Mayadim. And we'll read a few of the words and the rest we'll paraphrase. Says the Meshachach Mada, you should know. The Bidasa Eloki, in the divine law, in the Torah, there are some mitzvahs that bind the Jewish nation to their Father in heaven. There are some mitzvahs that connect us to Akadish Borokhu. And there are some other mitzvahs that bind the Jews one to another. It's a new categorization of mitzvahs. Does anyone, had anyone written such a thing in all the centuries before Rabbi Meir Simcha Kayan? I don't know. I mean, we know about the mitzvahs ben Adam Lamakayim, mitzvahs ben Adam Lachaveroi, mitzvahs Asei, mitzvahs Loisasei. There are various categories. The Meir Simcha comes up with a new, two new categories. There are mitzvahs that bind us to a Kaddish Baruch Hu. There are mitzvahs that bind us one to another. And he explains, the mitzvahs of tzitzis, tfilin and mezuzah, and mitzvahs on the kashrim Yisrael Hashem Yisbarech. Those are mitzvahs that bind, that tie Klai Yisrael to Hashem. You put on your tzitzis, you think of all the mitzvahs, the tfilin, the mezuzah, these connect you to a Hodesh Baruch Hu. However, ugamach, gemilus chasadim, being kind to one another, shumas and masres, giving truma to a kayan, giving masa to a levi, these mitzvahs tie one Jew to another. 
and I give tzedakah to a poor man, so there's a certain good feeling between me and him. And if I give, uh, someone gives trauma to a kayan, so now there's a, a friendship between the giver and the recipient. These mitzvahs tie Yisrael one to the other. Now, the Mea Simcha continues, and he says, this is an essential difference between Shabbos and Yom Tov. Since Shabbos, we find the halacha on Shabbos, for example, is Chetzor Asura. We are forbidden to carry from one domain to another. On Shabbos, I'm not allowed to carry from my house to your house, except with a, there's something called an Eruv. Even that doesn't work in all situations. But the, the starting point is, I cannot take things out from my house and bring them over to your house. Moleches Eichel Nefesh Asura. Even malachis, which are necessary to produce food, are not permitted. Unless you're going to starve to death, you're not allowed to cook on Shabbos. And therefore, says Ramea Simcha, the tendency on Shabbos is that each person sits for himself, each family sits by itself. He says, Each person sits by himself and he learns Torah. And, and, and this way, every Jew is connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every Jew is connected to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, whom he calls HaMerkaz HaAmiti. That's the true center. That's the true point in the middle of the circle. We're all facing towards HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And every Jew is facing towards that middle point. And through this, we are, in a certain sense, we are united. But it's not that we're relating to each other, really. That's by Shabbos. Yom Teif, says Ramea Simcha, is different. On Yom Teif, you're allowed to cook. That means I'm probably going to invite you over. I have very good opportunity to invite people over because I can cook for them. I can cook for them. On Yom Teif, there's a mitzvah, at least on the three main Yom Teifim, there's a mitzvah of Aliyah the Regal. We all are supposed to go to Yerushalayim and all be in one place and all celebrate together. Person sits in his home in the, in the, in Tiberia all by himself. That's not the true experience of Yom Tov. The true experience of Yom Tov was supposed to be everyone together in Yerushalayim. And everybody is rejoicing and everyone is misamkin. Everyone is, is causing others to rejoice. saw is permitted to carry from one place to another, it's permitted. So let's say uh, if you, you're missing something, you're missing some food, or you're missing some item that you need, I can carry through the Rishu Sarabin and bring it to you. This brings us together. So the idea of Yom Tev is that we are relating to each other. Through the relating to each other, so because Baruch Hu wants us to relate to, to each other, Kaddish Baruch Hu wants us to be one big happy family. And through this, we also come closer to a Kaddish world. But the starting point on Yom Tov is we're all together. The starting point on, on Shabbos is no. Each person, each family is in its own place and they're connecting to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, each one in its own separate way. We can add to what Ramea Simcha says that the way Yom Tov the way Shabbos and Yom Tov are declared, the way they come about, is essentially different, fundamentally different. 
Shabbos happens. It doesn't matter whether you want Shabbos to happen, you don't want Shabbos to happen, whether Kalal Yisrael cares there's a Shabbos or doesn't care, Chas Shalom doesn't care, but there's a Shabbos is Shabbos. Shabbos is because Kodesh Baruch made the world in six days and quote unquote rested on the seventh. As the Gemara says, Shabbos Kriya Bekaima. Shabbos is already permanently established every seventh day, automatically it's Shabbos. Yom Tov. Yom Tov has to be declared by the base dead. Originally, the system was, really, the system should be that the, the based in Hagadol, the, the central based in of Klai Yisrael, receives testimony from witnesses that they saw the new moon, and they then sanctified the new month, and then okay, the 15th of the month is, is Pesach, the 15th of the month is Shuas, and the 10th of the month is Yom Kippur, and so on. Yom Tif depends on us. Yom Tif depends on Klai Yisrael. If there's no Klai Yisrael, there's no Yom Tev. There's a Gemara that says that if uh, based in uh, pushes off Rosh Hashanah for one day, if according to their calculations, Rosh Hashanah should be on Tuesday rather than on Monday, then Kodesh Baruch and his heavenly court, they don't sit in judgment on Monday. They wait until it's Tuesday, and then they sit in judgment. It all depends on Klai Yisrael. So this is what Rameya Simcha says, and uh, really a uh, you know, very a novel way of looking at many, many halachas and many psukhah. And I think we can say as follows in our Rashi. Why is it that the korbanis of yamtai, of all of the yamtaibim, essentially, they all are marames, they all hint to the others? Because yamtaibim, as Rebbeinah Simcha explained, yamtaibim are a time for all of Chalai Yisrael to be together and to be as one, to be in one place, to all be rejoicing together, relating to each other, helping each other, enjoying each other's presence. What, what makes us into one nation? What makes us into one nation is, is our, our common descent from Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. If you're not descended from Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov, you're, you're not a Jew. Except, okay, there's something called Gavis, you can somehow join. But, but basically, what makes you a Jew is you are descended from Abraham, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And the Yom Tovim is the time that we are joined together, that we work together and sit together and rejoice together and, 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 and serve Hashem together as one unit. And therefore, perhaps that's why we see here from the Rashi and from the Bumaisha Darshan that the korbanas of Yom Tovim are, are hints to the three of us.